Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Luke Owls. What's up, Luke? Not much, man. Glad to be back on. It's been a while, and uh, glad to say I'm back in the City of Champions. I'm in Boston right now for some vacation, so feeling good right now being back in the hometown. Nice. Excellent, my friend. Uh, Joel, what's going on, man? What do you got to say about Boston being the City of Champions? I only have one thing to say about Boston being City of Champions. Boo. <laughs> well, I, I, it's the only—it's the only city that I can think of in recent history that's that's won championships in all four sports. So I, I would say that I—I I, I would say Luke's not wrong here. Like, so I could. Um, I mean, I have to be right about it. <laughs> well, I mean, the Knicks haven't won in a while. I'm just saying, like, you know. Um, yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta's not the city of. Atlanta's the city of uh, of squandered opportunities. So, yeah, it's the city <laughs> yeah. of almost. Thank you. That, that's 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 exactly what we are. The city of almost. Um, we're we're like uh, what's that? Uh, it fucking what's that movie? Um, oh shit! Uh, the one uh, Apocalypto. That, that yeah. him is that he names the dude almost is like Olak is like almost so that's that's Atlanta that's that's exactly what we are we're we're that fucking guy and then mm-hmm. at the end we don't really win we just wander back off into the jungle to like live our lives away from all the fucking mm-hmm. madness that's that's pretty much how we roll <laughs> down here in Atlanta um, <laughs> I, I took that metaphor a little too far but uh, we'll just roll with it. Um, anyway, we are back. Uh, it's been a little bit of a hiatus for us. Um, and, uh, Luke hadn't been back for, uh, for a while. So really nice to have you on again, Luke. Uh, so let's jump into it, fellas. We got a lot of topics to discuss. Uh, so let's get into it. Number one, Rodney Hood after, so there were like reports that came out that he was like securing a three year, $27 million contract. And I even heard that, like, that, like, or saw it confirmed uh, via um, one source. I don't remember what it was. Um, but apparently that is not the case. He ended up accepting his $3.4 million qualifying offer, uh, which makes him an unrestricted free agent next season. What do you think about Hood's deal, Luke? And do you, like, do you think that Cleveland should have maybe tried to invest in him a little more long-term if a three-year $27 million contract, you know, was on the table as far as his camp was concerned? 
Um, or, or, or do you think they made the right decision in, in going with the qualifying offer? I mean, in a sense, yeah, they kind of did by <clears throat> saving some money. And, you know, Hood kind of had this weird trade year last year where he played on the Jazz, and you could kind of tell they weren't going in his direction. They were terrible when he was out there defensively and all that. And then he gets traded over to Cleveland. He just doesn't really ever fit. He's a good scorer, but not defense. So you, you get the good thing where you're not investing money, but I kind of wish they would have just settled down. I mean, he's a young player. Uh, three years is not a bad deal, but it could be Hood's camp just not thinking that deal's good enough and wanting, wanting right. to bet on him. I mean, possibly doing a New Orleans Noel. I mean, you, you hope for the best for these kids because, you know, they're really putting in a lot, like, just, you know, they're going to bet on themselves going into this qualifying year, see where the, tra- uh, you know, what kind of, what they can get in the next free agency instead of just settling for a three year. So it could go either way. Um, I hope, I, Hood's a good player. I mean, you saw it in the playoffs. He's not good defensively, but he can score. And I mean, Cleveland right now, they need scoring, and he could do really good wonders for that young team um, now kind of run by Kevin Love. So I think Cleveland probably did want to get that deal done, but they're also fine with signing the qualifying offer because they still have money to spend next year and all that. So it's not a win-win for Cleveland. I'm sure they'd rather have him for three years, $9 million a year. But I think Hood just – his camp just knows that year last year was kind of weird for him. He didn't have solid playing time. He didn't really get to prove himself. And I think this upcoming year they really do think Cleveland's going to make him a big part of their whole offense and he'll be able to show himself. Yeah, Hood's camp is like, hey, man, take this qualifying offer and we will get you that $20 million contract next season. By the way, it's in Sacramento. Uh, yeah, they whispered that part. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what it's going to be. Uh... Yeah, that's, that's, that's the only place you're going to make money, Rodney. Sorry to tell you. Um, but, yeah. hey, man, uh, more power to him if he wants to go there. By all means, do it. Um, but, uh, like, I, I see Rodney Hood as like a T.J. Warren. Um, T.J. Warren's like a very effective six-man type player. It's instant offense off the bench. Um, probably can get his own bucket a little better than Rodney Hood, but like they're they're on par with each other um, offensively, and neither one are great defenders. Um, and you know we we have seen T.J. Warren on a really shitty team for a long time, um, so it's it's you know if if Rodney Hood was on a really shitty team like that, he would probably have um, inflated numbers like T.J. Warren does. Uh, but no, I mean I see them as very similar, and I think. Given the market, um, given what T.J. Warren got, which was like like ten, eleven million dollars a season, some, somewhere in that range, I think he's at eleven and a half this season. Um, and given what the market is, and the fact that Hood was Hood was due nine million, like that's that's probably not too too shabby for Rodney Hood. I mean, that's that's probably right in the in the number you were going to get. And uh, you know, I I, I kind of you know for this off season, kind of compared it to Jeremy Grant, who got you know, that exact same deal. He got three years, $27 million. And I see Rodney Hood as a very similar, I mean, different um, style of player, obviously, but very similar as far as, like, um, like, like if you were to give them an overall rating, um, you know, on their, on their skill set, um, I feel like they would be pretty close to one another. Uh, but, Joel, what did you think um, about, uh, you know, Hood, Hood signing a qualifying offer, 
Um, and and do you think, you know, what do you think about the three years, $27 million? Does that seem like, you know, a, a fair um, deal as far as you're concerned on both ends? Um, and do you think, you know, that uh, Cleveland probably wanted it, but, but maybe Hood's camp didn't? Or, or do you think maybe Hood wanted more? Or, you know, what, what's your thoughts on this yeah. whole spiel? No, I think that's exactly what happened. I think Hood wanted more. Uh, and uh, they didn't feel like giving him more, and I don't think there was a market for it, and so they didn't feel obligated to, to raise the stakes for him. He wasn't in demand. He kind of did that to himself after the, what happened in the playoffs. So yeah. it, it soured teams against him. And I feel bad for him because he, I think he is talented. I really liked him when he was at Utah. Um, he was a six-man of the year candidate at one point. I mean, right, exactly. So he was, he was like – he was – now it doesn't matter, but now he's completely right. you know, he's a place for him to do it. He showed he showed signs last year, even in the playoffs, that he has talent. It's just you know he's inconsistent. Uh, he's not again not a bad player. Like he has the length to be a good defender. He's, it's just a matter of will. You know he probably needs a better coach to light a fire up his ass. That's really what it comes down to. You know what I mean? So are you trying to say Ty Lue's sure. not a good coach? I'm trying to say, uh, no, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> um, look, he's a good dude. Tyler's a good dude. Decent. We'll find. You don't want to know if uh, Tyler's a good coach? We'll find out this season. How about that? If that's they don't make damn the playoffs, right. not a good coach, right? I mean, we but we all think they're going to make the playoffs. So I can't imagine. I don't. Um, yeah, well, I think they will. <laughs> so they should. There's no way they shouldn't. Um, I don't know, man. I got, I got, uh, I got Detroit in front of them. Uh, you know, I have like Detroit in front of them. Oh, do you? Okay. Well, who else yeah. do I have? In front oh, wait, 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 wait. I got somebody I else in front. I got them at nine. No, no, I got them at nine. I have them. I have them right in between. I have them right in. I think right. I think I have Miami ahead of them too. I think I have them right in between Detroit and Charlotte. I have them above Charlotte, but behind Detroit. Yep, I have them also in the same spot. I did not realize that. I thought I had them in the playoffs. I had them right under. <laughs> okay, so we have the same thing. I didn't realize that. But anyway, I think they have a chance to. I'm not saying they will. I do too. But I'm saying they have a chance to, you know? If they play well, I re- this is like a big year for Kevin Love. He's the man now. He's the man again. So it's more on him than anybody else. And this is a good year. He's not the one year deal for Rodney Hood. For him to show his shit and go get the contract he wants from Sacramento. I mean, from anybody. You know, um, so it's a, it's available to him. I like him again. He's a good player. So, I mean, take I mean, get I say get what you can. They were willing to pay him that kind of money. I think that's a pretty decent offer for the kind of player he is. But they feel like he's better than that. Okay, fine. But this is the year to go out and earn that money that he's getting this year and show the teams that he's worth more than that. And I think he can do it because he's going to have the opportunity. There's no problem. Yeah, I think. If I had been Hood's camp, I would have said, we'll take that deal, but we get a player option on the third year. And just fucking call it a wash, man. Like, two mm-hmm. years, $18 million, and if you do perform well, then you can opt out when the salary cap right. is gone up. Like- All the 2016 contracts are out of the way. Like, because, I mean, that's the thing. Next season, those 2016 contracts, unless, you know, they're, they've been stretched, like the Luol Deng contract, they're still going to be on the books. They still have one more year left. So, like, why not, like, sign a three-year deal with a third-year player option and play your two years while the salary cap's still kind of fucked up from 16 
and then, you know, then hit the market when all that cap money comes off the books. Like, that just seemed like it would make a lot more sense to me. But, hey, you know, like you said, Joel, like, yeah, maybe he's thinking that, you know, he's he's going to play great this year and, and, you know, earn some kind of contract. But it's it's a competitive year for free agents. That's the thing. Like, yep. if, if a lot of these <laughs> – if a lot of these free agents don't re-sign with their current teams, the cap space is just going to plummet because, like, you know, all of these teams that have cap space, you know, if they land these these big marquee players, all the teams that lose those big marquee players aren't going to have the cap space because they're going to already be over the cap. So then you're looking at, right. you know, um, you know, a $8, 9000000 million um, deal, you know, maybe and it's like dude you could have just got that if you just signed and you would have made nine million dollars this year too so i don't mm-hmm. know I, I i definitely would have taken this three-year 27 million dollar contract if i if i had been hood um but anyway uh luke did you have anything more to add before we move on i was just going to say quickly do you think hood also we i mean i think we're all in agreement he's better as a sixth man but do you think he kind of wants to be a starter and wants to show, yeah. like, you know, there's a big spot open in Cleveland right now. I think he's better in second units, and he'd be a lot better if he just ran the six-man and, was, like, really competed to be a six-man of the year. But do you think he just really wants to be a starter, too? And that could have been, a like, no other teams out there were giving him the starter role at first, and he's like, well, I'm also going to bet on that, yeah. that I can be a starter. Cause that's I think he's, he'd be a better six-man, but I think his mindset is so, still young. He thinks he can be out there and the first, you know, with the first rotation yeah. and all that. I agree with that. I, I think, yeah, I think he probably does think that, and I think he can be a starting shooting guard. I don't think he can be a small forward. He didn't have the, he have the muscle for it. He's skinny, man. That guy has no muscle. Like any, like any, like dominant small forward in the league, and, and we could just say semi-dominant. Like, you don't even have to be, like, really dominant. But, like, he can get bullied by a lot of guys. Like, just take a guy like, say, P.J. Tucker, for example. Like, P.J. Tucker would bully the shit out of Hood, both on the offensive and defensive end. Like, he needs to be a shooting guard. He doesn't have the build. He's got the height to be a small forward, um, but he just he doesn't have the, the build uh, physically to, to be a small forward. He needs to play the two, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, they're probably going to play him at the three because they're just so they, – they, they lack depth at the three. I mean, they pretty much have uh, Oseman and um, Sam Decker Osman, yeah. as of now. So, oh, my God, I forgot they had Sam Decker. Yeah, yeah, they picked him up. Um, but, uh, but I mean, you, you and I have had this conversation before, Joel, like Sam Decker in the way the league's going, he's probably more long-term, a, a stretch four than anything. Like he's probably, yeah, really yeah, sure. three. so like yeah. they, they really don't have depth at that position. So you're probably going to see hood get a lot of minutes there. And I, I don't think that's necessarily beneficial to him. I think he really needs to be playing the two, um, so to answer your question, Luke, I don't think it really matters if he comes off the bench or doesn't. I, I would not want him guarding opposing small forwards. <laughs> like, that's the biggest thing. Like, I, I don't want him having to do that if I'm the coach. But um, that's probably what they're going to have him do, and it's probably going to maybe not look make him look so great. So, But uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Uh, but anyway, let's move on uh, to our second topic, Devin Booker. 
He got hurt. Uh, he's apparently uh, getting surgery on an injured hand. I don't know if it's a left or his right, um, but he's out indefinitely. Uh, so no no timetable as of right now. I mean, he could be back by the start of the season. He could be gone for you know up to a month of the beginning of the season. Like we just don't know right now. Um, and also the Suns, they've kind of pivoted away from targeting you know these these prime point guard. Um, uh, uh, players uh, to trade for in uh, Damian Lillard, Kemba Walker, and Terry Rozier, um, who were the big names on their list to begin with and are reportedly now targeting the likes of Patrick Beverly, Corey Joseph, and Spencer Dinwiddie uh, as far as trades. Guys, I kind of have two questions. One, um, do you think Patrick Beverly, Corey Joseph, or Spencer Dinwiddie, um, are, are, are any of any of whom? Or do you think any of those guys are, are good bets uh, for the Suns as far as um, you know helping them this season, but also being effective long term? And two, like, are the Suns just a little like a little too antsy? Like you're you're building something. You've had great draft picks, um, but, you know, you just made this Ryan Anderson trade that is a little suspect, and now you're going hard for a point guard, and now Devin Booker is going to be out for God knows how long. Like, it it, 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 it seems like God is trying to tell you something, Phoenix, and maybe you should listen. Uh, but anyway, Joel, what are your thoughts on uh, all of this, uh, uh, all this shit going down in Phoenix? Oh well, you know, they're 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 looking. You know, they this is exactly what they need. They need a vet starting point guard. Or they need they need a starting point guard. You know, right now as well. Yeah. Isaiah Cannon is the only viable option. No, nah, Cannon's like, not, even signed. He's not, not signed? even signed. Cannon's not even signed. No. Fuck? That's ridiculous. No, um, <laughs> honestly, their best point guard right now is probably Shaquille Harris. <laughs> Shaquille Harris. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's that's sad. Uh, yeah. Well, the second round pick. What's his name? Uh, Ilya Kobo. Yeah, Kobo. So damn. If that's ridiculous. All right. So I um, like I yeah. like that cat. I like him long term. I just don't think he's ready. Yeah, I do too. Exactly. You can't start them. They're not starters right, right. now. They, they need to yeah. develop. Um. So yeah, that, here it is. I think personally, any those three names, all good, all decent players. Like none of them, I think. I think they're all good. Not they're barely starters though. <laughs> they're all like good role players. Like uh, I love Patrick Beverly, but is he a starter? Yeah. Borderline, really good defensive player. Um, can play off the ball. Can play a little bit on the ball, but he's more of a role player. Uh, same thing with Corey Joseph. I really like him. Spencer Dinwiddie had a great fucking season. I, I mean, I'd be very surprised if the Nets lost. I mean. Uh, let go of him, unless, of course, there was a decent package involved. Um, so, I, I mean, any of those would be a good get, and they, they'd automatically be starters <laughs> on that team, on that fun team. Right, um, yeah. So, if they, can pull, if they can pull it off, go for it. But none of them are going to be long-term for um, for that position. They need something more um, stable, concrete. Uh, none of those three guys are what I call a, uh, a viable long-term option. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you there. I mean, I think out of those three guys, I think Spencer Dinwiddie would make the most sense as far as viable long-term option. Um, but, man, he's – it's kind of like it's kind of like the, the conversation that Juwan and I had um, uh, like a week or two ago about, you know, trying to trying to put like Kimball Walker on a team like that. Um, yeah. Like, you're, Dinwiddie's a scoring guard, um, and, and, you know, you yeah. probably want – you know, somebody who could more facilitate, not to mention Dinwiddie's on an expiring contract and an unrestricted free agent after this season. Um, so is Patrick Beverly. So is Corey Joseph. So it's like you're, you're you're looking at all guys who could leave you in a season, how much you're going to really give up for any one of those guys. Right. Now, exactly. I, I think what they're banking on is they're not going to have to give up a whole hell of a lot to get any one of those particular guys. But – I mean, obviously, these teams aren't just going to give them away. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, other than drafting DeAndre Ayton, well, and I, I really like them drafting Elia uh, uh, Koba. But other than that, yeah. like the Suns have been like the most incompetent team this offseason. Like you, 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 you trade for Mikael Bridges, a position that you're stacked at. Uh, and you give up the unprotected 2021 Miami Heat pick, um, and Zaire Smith, who, granted, he got hurt this offseason, but Zaire Smith could be, and I think probably will be better than Mikael Bridges long-term. He at least has, he, his athletic upside is way higher. Um, like So it, it, as far as just a prospect is concerned, um, he's a better well, if prospect. If you knew Zaire Smith, was uh, the future when he got hurt as soon as he went to Philly. You knew that was that was there like the right on the wall. <laughs> That's how it happened. Um, but uh, and then they and then they make this Ryan Anderson trade, which granted, you know, we we discussed this, uh, Joel, uh, the fact that Anderson was willing to leave uh, basically the same amount of money on the table as was um, Brandon Knight's contract next year. Um, as far as guaranteed money, so they can waive him next season, and it wouldn't cost him any more than it would to just have Brandon Knight. But you still gave up on Marquise Chris. Like, that's the thing. Like, you gave up on a guy, and you didn't yep, get anything did. in return for that. So, like, you traded one shitty player for another shitty player. Um, and, you, yes, I like DeAnthony Melton, but, like, yeah. I, I like him a lot, actually. Like, I, I, I'm not even going to lie. Like, I, I think he's got – I've said it before. I think he's got that kind of Jordan Clarkson potential. I think he could be that kind of spark plug six-man um, combo guard off the bench. But, like, still, it just seems like a lot. It seems like for a team that was so desperate to get rid of Ryan Anderson and the fact that you were giving them a guy like Marquise Chris and we haven't seen anything from DeAnthony Melton and we have, have at least seen spurts from Marquise Chris, it's like – do you think right. he would have been able to get some kind of extra compensation out of that? Um, yeah, I was surprised, so, honestly. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I, I, and let me just say one more thing before I pass it to you, Luke. Um, like, we've, we've heard it repetitively from Phoenix the past, you know, two, three weeks. Like, they're really in the, in the you know, um, in the, the, the trading talks, like, they really, really want to get a starting point guard. Where was all this we need a starting point guard shit when Dennis Schroeder was on the fucking block and, and going for absolutely fucking nothing? Like, dude, you probably could have – if you had given the Hawks an expiring contract and that Milwaukee pick, like, they totally would have taken that. They took Carmelo Anthony um, 
and that was like they had to take on $10 million extra dollars this season and a further uh, first-round pick and probably one that's not as good and one with a much worse protection. So, like, you could have gotten uh, Dennis Schroeder for, you know, say, uh, Jared Dudley, who you just traded away. Like, he's not on your roster anymore. So, like, Jared mm-hmm. Dudley and let's throw in uh, – what's that? Uh, cat's name, Troy Daniels. Like, that would have made the money work. And you're not, Troy Daniels ain't going to fucking play. He's an expiring contract. Um, and you got too much depth in that region anyway. So, like, you could have you could have thrown out Dudley and, and Williams and that Milwaukee pick, and you would have your starting point guard, and you'd be totally fine. <laughs> you would have a lineup of Dennis Schroeder, uh, uh, Devin Booker, um, and then the rest of all your guys who you signed. So like, like it, it just it's it's utter incompetence to me. Like, why are you all of a sudden now trying so hard to get a starting point guard when there was a viable starting point guard available like a month ago um, that everybody knew the Hawks were desperate to get rid of. Everybody knew it the minute they drafted Trey Young. So I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. And if you look at if you just like look at the offer that they accepted from OKC. There's no doubt in my mind that Phoenix could have made a better offer that would have serviced their team as well. So I don't know, man. I, I think Phoenix is raising up the ranks as far as the most incompetent team. Sacramento, they got they got to run for their money down there in Phoenix. Um, but anyway, Luke, I digress. Um, what do you think about? Uh, you know, all all of what's going on in Phoenix and trying to get a starting point guard, the names I listed out, and the fact that Booker's hurt. And do you think maybe they're kind of trying to go all in a little too quickly? No, yeah. They're definitely being over-antsy about this. I mean, I didn't understand, too. If you really want a point guard, you should have just drafted one in the beginning and gotten the third uh, holiday brother when DeAndre Ayton kind of made himself look like a <laughs> – a jerk up on stage when he really was hoping that they drafted him, and then they did that tra- did the trade. But, yeah, they're just being over antsy. All the names you said, too, I don't see any of the teams really, like like you said, yeah, they're all on expiring contracts, but Corey Joseph is actually a very viable thing to the Pacers. Yes. I don't see Indiana just being like, yeah, we're cool with just deucing out with Corey. And Spencer Dinwiddie did a lot for the Nets last year, and yes, actually Beverly got hurt, but I still don't believe Clippers want to just trade Patrick Beverly, so I think they need a game manager, and none of those, I mean, besides Corey Joseph's a game manager, but I just don't really see a lot out of him. I mean, if they really want right. to be super antsy, and I, I actually think he'd be pretty decent, would be George Hill. I mean, George Hill's not a bad point guard if you can get what he did with the Jazz a couple of years ago. I mean, if you don't want to invest long term, he's got this Last first year, year this, just, this year contract, but then he's a $1 million, so you could definitely get rid of that next year if they want to do all this. But I think they're being over-antsy about it. Um, they should have just – Brandon Knight, too. Why don't you just see what he could get out of him? I didn't really right. understand the trade that they did with Houston. It really – it was a, just a head-scratcher all around. I mean, you gave up on Marquise Chris. Even though I'll give this that Chris at times just looks completely lost out there. He looks like he yeah. might not even have any motivation. But – so does a Jordan Bender. I mean, I was not impressed at all with Bender in in his third year in summer league. He looked just terrible. But you can't trade away the third round pick. But I mean, it's just 
Phoenix is looking pretty bad running. Um, they're up there with the uh, guys love the bash on Sacramento, but you got you can't forget the other team that also doesn't know what it's doing with their point guard position, and that's the Orlando Magic. Phoenix and Orlando are just <laughs> yeah. lost. Like, what are you doing? They're just like, we're just going to run bigs, and that's what we're going to do, but no one's going to pass or game manage it. Uh-huh. I think they really messed up this year. If they really kind of, you know, if you want to go low risk, could be high reward, and you want to see if this team could compete, why not just make a run at Rondo? Rondo just did a really good things with New Orleans, and Rondo is a, a facilitator. He's not going to take the ball out of Booker's hands, so that he would have been a good. I mean, L.A. got him on the one-year deal, so there's just a lot of things Phoenix did wrong. They're trying to now Yeah, and they could have taken that Trevor Ariza money and thrown it at Rondo. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they're just like, you know, they're just doing foolish things for a long time too. now. They're trying to like put all their chips in right before the season, but why? Your team's not going to compete. I'm sorry, Phoenix. You guys are good, and you'll be good in a couple of years, but I don't know what's the fixation that we have to make a run for the playoffs. The West is really good, and why not get yeah. one more? It's not like you don't own your draft pick, so you, don't, you have nothing to play for. Why not get another top three? I know your fan base is probably like – you know, they're not happy with it in Booker, but Booker's about to sign the Supermax, so he's happy with the money. And you just drafted DeAndre Ayton, so why don't you try to get another decent draft pick and really just not worry about competing? I mean, Booker broke his right hand. I'm pretty sure he's right-handed. He's out for six weeks, so I don't think it's that serious. But, I mean, I'm not rushing him back, nor they have that idea, oh, he's going to play point guard right now. Nope, I would not play you a point guard. I'm not putting any more stress on your hand. You're a shooter, and you score buckets. I'm uh, Yeah, so Phoenix is just, I don't think they know what they're doing right now. They're getting over antsy. They're thinking they need to compete when they're really not even close to competing yet. So I just think everything, they just they want to appease Booker and let them show him that they actually do want to build, but just right. wait a little bit. I mean, next year, you you don't have that much money. You have, I mean, that much money that you on the books, so you're going to have money to spend next year. And that's really good. I mean, I would just get a game, you know, manager. I don't. The other, some of the point guards that they've named looking at are, are scoring first. And I just don't think if you already have Devin Booker, who's that player, and you have a DeAndre down low, that's not going to work out when you should just get a guy who's really getting game manager. I think Cleveland would consider trading George Hill on on a very cheap, cheap like thing. I mean, it wouldn't take that much to get him off of him. I don't see Cleveland. I miss unless they think that he's going to be the mentor or to call him Sexton for a year and that. But I mean, he would be not if you want to kind of compete. But I see him at best being the tenth seed in the West. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, if you keep George Hill and you use him as a mentor, which makes sense. You know, in, in some in some ways, but then what do you do with Clarkson for the meantime? Like, are you just gonna like is Clarkson just gonna have a bunch of you know uh, DMP coaches' decisions? Like, I, I guess because I mean he's not gonna have any minutes. You want to give Sexton minutes? So I mean, yeah, I think they probably should trade George Hill. I mean, there's a lot of various George Hill trades that I, I've kind of um, looked into. Um, still, my favorite is is Hill for Hardaway, um, but uh, you know, I mean, I, hey, I, it, it's 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 a big top saver for uh, well, and and the 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 quid pro quo of that deal would be also you got to take Courtney Lee's contract um, so New York could free up. Yeah, you know, 
bunch of, yeah, a bunch <laughs> of cap space. Um, but, uh, and, and, you know, New York would take J.R. Smith off their hands who they could buy out. It wouldn't cost them hardly anything as far as next season's uh, cap. Uh, but nevertheless, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think George Hill would be good. Out of all, out of all those guys they mentioned, I, I think I like Pat Beverly the most, um, just because he's a really good defender. And at least if you had, if you had Patrick Beverly, Trevor Reza, Josh Jackson, um, you know, you got you got some good defenders around Devin Booker, and you know that that would be very beneficial. Um, whereas you know those other guys, I don't. I don't see it like 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 you said like Corey Joseph he 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 is a kind of a facilitator but I mean he's a backup point guard in in any any scope of the imagination like at least Pat Beverly has like solid like he's like Corey Joseph has always been a backup point guard Pat Beverly has at least started a lot of games in his career um, he's probably not a starter anymore um, on most teams but I mean I think he could be a, would be a very you know good starter for Phoenix. Um, and the fact that he's, you know, you know, such a good defender, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it still raises the question. He's, he is not a facilitator, like uh, in under no circumstances. Like, I mean, the fact that the reason why he, he ended up playing so well in uh, Houston was because they started to kind of transition Harden into that facilitator, which meant Patrick Beverly could play off ball, catch and shoot, play defense, bring the ball up from time to time. Um, so, I mean, essentially, if you got him, it's basically like you'd be asking Devin Booker to do what James Hart did, because um, that's the only way that it would really f- be optimal for the team. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Phoenix ends up doing, because man, they got a they got a lot of fucking shit to, to work out. That's that's for sure. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, Kawhi Leonard bought a house in Toronto. He's staying in Toronto. Calling it now. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, but he did buy a house in Toronto, and if you're only planning on staying for a year, you're probably not going to buy a house. Like, if you if you were to move somewhere and you were like, I don't know if I'll be here. I, I'm definitely going to be here for a year, but I don't know if I'll be here any longer. Like, typically the thing you do is rent a house for, you know, that period of time. Why well, just... Kawhi just bought one. Uh, do you read anything into this, Luke, as far as this could possibly mean that maybe Kawhi is already content uh, in Toronto, or at the very least, um, do you think that uh, do you think Toronto at least is the odds-on favorite uh, to have Kawhi Leonard on their basketball team next season? So reading into it, I'm going to go with a yes and no answer. I know that really doesn't help, but I mean, I mean, he needs a place to live. So no matter what, yeah, he could have rented a house and all that, but he's going to need a place to live in. Toronto's actually a beautiful city. I mean, it's not like he got traded there in the dead winter. I mean, he got traded there in summer, so he might have been like, oh, it's actually a very pretty city. I mean, he's got a lot to do, I mean, in that whole city and, and like, food and all that. So it's actually mm-hmm. a very, like, nice city to go to, and it's a big city, yeah. so – I think, you know, he's definitely going to consider it. I think he wants to show good face with this organization, too, and his fan base. I mean, he's really got a bad taste all around in the NBA, so I think it's a good move that like that. But I also think he will consider staying with the Raptors. I mean, not hands-down favorite, but I think what he's kind of done to his name 
that's not Kawhi Leonard. I don't think Kawhi Leonard wants to be that guy. I think he really just wants to play basketball and all that. And something's happened, and he just lost trust, and he had to go with his gut, but the way it shook out. But I think, you know, he might actually consider staying in Toronto. And, you know, I just think he just wants to go back to playing basketball and being that player that's like that quiet assassin superstar is just great all around and just enjoy watching him play. So I think, too, he kind of wants to – help his name and his brand and all that. You know, he's been talking about his brand and he wants to get more money in shoes and all that. So I think, you know, he's going in the right direction of just going back to the old Leonard that we all love. That's a great basketball player. I want to see him healthy. So I think it's a good thing if you're a Toronto fan, if you can definitely read into that, hey, he's got a house here. So that could be long-term. So I think, you know, if, if, if I'm Raptors, I'm, I'm happy that he's actually bought the house. It's starting to show that, hey, I don't actually mind. I didn't mind getting traded here. I'm not going to sit down on you guys. We're going to give this a go, and let's see how it goes. And I'm kind of somewhat committed with this house right now. So that's showing you that I'm not just going to be here just thinking about how good I can boost my stats to get traded. or I mean, not get traded, get a sign a contract instantly and leave instantly. So it, it's a good thing, and I, I just I like it because Kawhi Leonard – Lately, I don't like to talk bad about Kawhi. I, I've always thought he's a great basketball player. I mean, he just plays the game just just really good. You don't really hear him say anything, which is just really, you know, it's fun to watch, you know, a superstar like that. And then he just kind of had this whole thing with this injury and just no one really will know, and I don't think we will know for a while what all went down, but I just think this is just helping his brand out and helping his name and just showing you know, I'm, I'm, I want to go back to what I was and being a basketball player. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, first off, I completely agree with you. I think I, I wouldn't be jumping to any conclusions, but I think at the very least it's safe to assume that um, he is open to the possibility of, um, of, you know, playing there this season. He's excited about it, and, you know, if, if – they they have a good run. I, I, I certainly think that um, you know he he's willing to to uh, to you know resign and, and and stay there at least. Like you said, I think you said Luke when we first discussed the trade, like why not sign a one and one? Like there will still be other teams available. There will be other teams with even more cap space available after all these 2016 contracts come off the books. So sign a like try it out for your first year, and if it goes okay sign a one-and-one, and then, you know, you still got all the big pieces there on expiring deals, and then, you know, you can figure out where you go from there. So I, I think that, you know, that that's a distinct possibility. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, 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 like, I like the signs of, of that. As far as uh, Kawhi, um, you know, as far as, like, not wanting to talk shit about him, I don't think anybody wanted to talk shit about Kawhi. It's just like after everything, it made it really hard to like side with Kawhi Leonard. Like after everything that transpired and all of the various stories and everything, and I think any any like we'll never get you know what really happened. We'll just get everybody's versions of the truth and have to kind of decipher from all of those. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's it it, it gave me no pleasure in in. Uh, dogging Kawhi, you know, the couple times that I did, um, you know, this this past year. Um, but, I mean, I just I, – I felt like I had to do it, you know. 
Like, I mean, for instance, like, I didn't take any pleasure in Dog and Kawhi. Like, I won't say I necessarily take pleasure from it, but I, I like, I, I have no um, mixed emotions whatsoever about dogging on KD. Like, like I just don't. Like, I mean, you know, he made his choice and what have you, and that's, that is what it is. But, like, I, I will dog on that all day, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as far as Kawhi, you know, I mean, um, you know, I – I don't know. It's a very, very tricky situation, but uh, nevertheless, it, it, it very much seemed like, um, you know, a guy who, who quit on his team, um, which is, you know, always kind of a hard pill for me to swallow. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, like you said, we don't, we still don't know exactly what happened. We'll never know exactly what happened. So all we can do now is look to the future, and I really, really hope that he um, does very well in Toronto. Um, you know, I. Uh, I would like to think that we'll have, you know, uh, a, a viable East very soon. Um, and, you know, not just Boston and Philly being the teams that are, um, you know, projected long-term successes. Uh, and if he stays in Toronto, I mean, that'll make them really good for a long time. Um, and he can be up there with, um, you know, uh, the, you know, have his team in the top three in the East every year. Um, along with, you know, probably Indiana and, you know, we'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens with Giannis in Milwaukee. That's a very fluid situation. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, uh, Joel, uh, what are your thoughts on Kawhi buying a house in Toronto, and what do you read into it, if anything? Uh, I, good for him, you know. You got a new place to stay, but you're right. You don't buy a house unless you plan on, you know, paying for it. And, um I can't imagine there's something to it. I don't want to read too much into it. Like, uh, I hope, hey, look, in the end, at the end of the day, I hope he does stay. I want him to stay in Toronto. Uh, it helps balance out the, the, the power in the east and the west. So it's it's better that he stays. I think Toronto might be a pretty damn good team this year if, we, if everything yeah. works out for them. Um, not that they weren't a bad team last year, but can they get over the hump? That's about, it's really about them going over the hump. Can they get over their own hump? And um, so I think he'll be there and how he'll be arguably the best player in the Eastern conference right now is healthy. So it's like, it's, I, I don't know. He got a house. Nice. I wouldn't bet my house <laughs> that he's staying, <laughs> but I will say uh, there's that, that's a positive sign that there's a chance he's thinking about long-term in Toronto. And that's a, a beautiful city. It's just like uh, we were saying. So, I mean, all the power to him. I hope he stays, but, again, you never know with that guy. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You really don't – I mean, he doesn't uh, He doesn't offer up a lot. Now, he will have um, his first, like, um, public uh, – like, uh, what am I trying to say? He will speak in public for the first time since, uh, since basically that little, like, uh, interview that he had where he said he wanted to be a spur for life. Um, it was kind of very awkward uh, interview that he had amidst all of the shit that was going on in San Antonio. Um, but that'll be very, very soon. I want to say September 18th, I read that it was. Um, they're going to have a presser, and you know he's going to speak to the press and all that. Um, so that'll be very interesting to see um, 
you know, kind of what questions the press asked him. I, I hope they don't focus too much on San Antonio. I hope they focus more on, um, you know, on Toronto and, you know, what he expects going forward and, and all of that kind of stuff. I, I, I feel like that I would be much interest, more interested in, in, you know, hearing from them um, than, you know, well, you know, for the 57th time, what happened in San Antonio? Like, um, you're not going to get anything new out of the guy. Um, like, let one person ask it, and let's move on. Uh, but anyway, that'll yep. be a uh, very interesting um, scenario to watch. By the way, Joel, um, I don't, I don't think we've heard from you on this yet. Where do you think Toronto is going to finish in the East this year in the regular season? Um, where did I have them? Um, shit, I thought I saved that list. I have it somewhere. I, I think I had them. One, two, uh, I think I had the second or third. No, I think I had them third. Second or third, I can't remember. It was two or three. I don't think I had. I think yeah. I did have them third, actually, uh, behind gotcha, uh, Boston gotcha. and Philly. I think his, uh, you know, first time playing in Toronto. Um, so I'm, I, we still don't know 100. I think they're going to be good. They might even be good by default. Um, but I think they'll probably end up being third, at least power ranking-wise. I'm not saying record-wise. You never know. We saw what happened last year. But at least yeah. my power and get them out. Uh, I definitely have them uh, third on my list behind probably uh, a healthy Boston and a healthy Philly. Yeah, I would agree with that as far as power ranking is concerned. Uh, I think Luke and I both had them second as far as record. Um, but as far as power ranking, yeah, I would agree with you. I, I would, I would, I would still have Philly above them. Luke, do you see it that way too? Do you have them third as far as power ranking? Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say I, we had him second, but no, yeah. I mean, Philly is like kind of better, like power ranking wise, right now. But I do think they will fall short of Toronto just because there is a lot of youth to that team and uh, their bench. I don't know what Philly's bench is looking like right now. Yeah, it's it, it is a question mark. I, see, I really like Wilson Chandler. I think. Um, I, I think too. coming off coming off the bench, he's going to be really effective. He can play the three. He can play the four. Um, my my biggest uh, question mark for them is is pretty much like, like what are you going to do as far as like, filling in the minutes when Embiid is out? Like in the games, you know, that you feel like you need to sit him, or, or that maybe he's resting, or or maybe he 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 gets a little, you know ticky-tack injury and you don't want to take any chances because I'm all about, like, dude, like, play Embiid 60 games. I don't fucking care. Like, I don't, like, rest him. Like, don't play him back-to-backs. I don't need to see him play him. I don't need to see him play back-to-backs. Like, make sure that he's ready to go in the playoffs. It's, it, it, I, I don't get the argument that, like, like, oh, now that he's healthy, you know, we need to see him play 80 games or, you know, 78 games, you know. It's like, dude, no. Play 65 games. I don't fucking care, dude. Like, play play 55. <laughs> I really don't care. Like, just, you know, play enough to where you're in the mix and, and everything and, and you're not rusty. But, you know, but if, if that's going to happen, who's going to who's gonna take those minutes as you're big? Amir Johnson is not that guy. I mean, he's apparently a great locker room guy and what have you. Um, but I thought they made a big mistake trading Rashawn Holmes. I really like Rashawn Holmes. I don't know why they traded him. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I thought, I thought he could provide you those minutes, you know, like for, for when Embiid wasn't playing. Um, 
because I mean last year they they had that um what they call it the uh, um uh the Interpol no it wasn't Interpol it was uh the United Nations lineup uh where oh. I think Ilyasova played the five um so maybe you could get some of that out of Sarich um like maybe Jonah Bolden steps up this season um he's a rookie like, um maybe he could play some five Muscala. Uh, yeah, that's right. They did pick up Mike Muscala. So thank you. I, I had uh, temporarily forgotten about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that would be that would be your answer. Uh, Mike Muscala can give you um, those minutes he he did for Atlanta for a long time. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that would be your guy. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. That there's a lot of um, varying pieces from from what we saw last year. So it'll be interesting to see all that come together. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, Andrew Bynum is trying to make a comeback. He hired an agent, and he wants to set up team meetings uh, in an attempt to come back to the NBA. Um, do, do, <laughs> Joel, is it, do, I'm, I'm, let me let me ask this in a in a polite way. <laughs> um, okay. uh, over under fifty percent. We'll give him fifty percent uh, that. Andrew Bynum plays another minute in the NBA. I will give him 50%. I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, he, uh, he was good back in the day. He was good. Um, is he? I don't know what he looks like really right now. I know I've seen workout videos. but a lot of people. I look good in workout videos. Yeah, um, right. Um, I, like, I, I just – I don't know. I have to really – if they someone picks them up, then I think it's worth to try. Like, there are worse players, in my opinion, now in, in the league <laughs> that are that are on rosters um, that are around his age. So I mean, it, it, he has at least a track record. The problem is, can he stay healthy? People are going to be scared. They're not going to give him anything big. It'll be like a vet minimum to start, and he has to he has to earn it. He has to prove that he could stay on the court and and, and get those minutes. But at, when he was when he was younger, he was a monster. <laughs> um, yeah. Unfortunately, he it didn't last very long, and um, it, it, in, he he was in Philly actually. Uh, was, I think it was like the last team he was on, wasn't it? I forget. Uh, um, no, it wasn't. The, it wasn't the last team he was, was on. Indiana. I think he was, yeah, it was what Indiana. Was yeah. Yeah, he, play? he played like playing. He, yeah, he played like five games or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well, yeah, there you go. I didn't even remember him playing in Indiana. That's how significant that reign there was. Um, well, he didn't play in Philly. So, That's just that thing. The only reason we remember yeah, that was because of the Howard trade. That was a, <laughs> right, exactly. It was a big deal when he was in Philly. Even though he never played, it was a big yeah. deal. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, they got to set the big, at the time, what, the best center in the West going to the East to even out the power. Uh, it didn't do shit. Nothing ever happened. Nothing came of it because he was hurt, but. You know, at least was, I knew he was there. I had no idea he was in the end. Holy shit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I give him 50%. Not a bad number. Yeah, I'm going to go under. I, I, and, I, and I was being judicious when I said 50%. Like, I mean, I, I would, I, honestly, I wouldn't give the guy 10%. But, um, you know, I don't – man, and it, it's just it, people who are away from the league that long who, like, try to make a comeback, it, like, never works out. It Like, so, so rarely. I, like, I can't even think of an example off the top of my head. Um, but, like, especially a guy you – know, what's that? The 
What was Bender? Remember I think Jonathan Bender? He did. He came back and he played like a couple games. Didn't do much, but he he came back and played a little bit. Okay. Uh, who yeah. Else did? But Alan Houston no, tried for years. He just could never get past training camp. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's kind of what I expect. Like, I mean, I expect him to go, you know, to training camp or you know to go play with a few different uh, uh, teams, um, mm-hmm. and and just you know, not get picked up on anybody's roster. Um, right. And that's the thing. Kind of like, like you, you know, <laughs> you get out of that, you get out of that habit of, of keeping, you know, that kind of, uh, that kind of physique, you know, yeah. it's just, it's, it's really, really hard to like get back into that, especially when you're already dealing with two, not one, but two bad yeah. knees and you're seven feet, yeah. what, seven foot two, I think. Like, that's yeah, just something like that. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that's the thing. These guys, man, these these centers that were, you know, really good in the mid, you know, mid-2000s, the mid to late 2000s, like they missed their boat by like five, six years because, you know, now we're seeing these guys like Embiid come in who would have been, you know, just thrown into the fire, and now people are being yep. way more cautious. Like Popovich changed the whole dynamic of the league. And, you know, these teams are like, no, you're an investment. Like, we're not going to, um, you, you know, we're not we're not going to try to milk anything out of you. Like, we want you to play great as long as you possibly can. And, like, had Bynum, you know, been drafted in 2013, 14, 15, he probably would have had a 10, 15-year career um, of sustained excellence. Um, but, mm-hmm. You know, you just, unfortunately, that, that wasn't what happened. The same thing that happened with Odin. Um, it's the same thing to a, to a much worse degree with Odin. Craig Odin. Um, yeah, about to say, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's terrible. It's the same thing that happened with Sam Bowie back yeah. in the day. Like, any of these oh, guys. Oh, Sam you know, Bowie. Yeah, Stop bringing man, up all Portland's, guys. like, uh, misgivings in the draft. Yeah, fucking Bill Walton, man. Like, <laughs> although Bill Walton, Bill Walton won an MVP and had a resurgence with uh, with Boston. Uh, so, hey, there's a man. player that you. I mean, he he wasn't he wasn't like out of the league or anything. He was just hurt for no, a really long time. But uh, but yeah. hey, that's that that would be a that would be a good one to like mark down as far as a resurgence. Is Bill Walton in Boston too, right? Ogalskis was out for a while too, yeah. or he was just always hurt. I forget what it was. Yeah, he was just always hurt. Like he wasn't out of the league, you know. But um, yeah, I don't think there's been anybody who's been out of the league for like five years and, and like made a comeback and it actually was like a worthwhile comeback, like something that people were like. Forty-seven out of the league. I know he went to play for Russia. He left. I don't think he's gone for five years, but AK forty Andre Karolinko was gone for a minute. Well, and he when he came back. Yeah, but Karolinko Karolinko was only good in his first run with the Jazz. He wasn't good when he came back. Um, and secondly, I want to be clear. I'm not saying like people who go play overseas and come back. I'm saying like people who just don't play, because like, that's what we're that's like, that's what mm-hmm. this is. It's What's not like Bynum has been, been playing, playing overseas or anything. Like exactly. yeah, like we don't know. He just hadn't been yeah. playing. Like, like he, he he can't be in shape. Like I mean, I I've seen those videos too. He doesn't look out of shape, but like there, you know, you can you can look okay physically, but still like mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's like you said, Joel. It's like I you like you or me could put together like a good mixtape or whatever. Like just like yeah. like let me let me. Let me find a 
you know, let me let me shoot the ball for like 30 minutes from one spot and then keep videotaping it and soon enough I'll make seven in a row and then, you know, we'll we'll post that up and be like, oh my God, look at him make seven threes in a row. It's like, yeah, you've been shooting the same fucking spot for 30 minutes. Of course you're going to make seven in a row in that 30 minute span. Like, right. you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in him, but Luke, what are your thoughts uh, on, on Bynum? Do you, do you have any faith in his comeback? So at first I wanted to go over, and then I'm like, you know, I want to go back under now on the 50%, just because his position, too, in basketball, he's not a stretch big. He's a down-low banger. He So that's really kind of obsolete right now in today's game, and I just – I don't know. I mean, like you said, he's, he's 30 years old. Yeah, he hasn't played in a couple of years, so that could be a good thing for his knees and all that, but I just – the only teams that I could maybe consider it, and he was work. He was an official workout for the team, but he worked out in the practice facility. I could see the Lakers maybe consider doing it, just because yeah, they're I so thin at that position. Yeah. They only yeah. have JaVale McGee, and it's not like JaVale McGee is a stretch big. So it's basically you're just drawing up the same plays that McGee was getting straight to Bynum. <laughs> so that's the only thing. Maybe even Golden State, too just because Golden State's also super thin at the center position for right now. You you wouldn't need him that much when DeMarcus Cousins get back, but at least give you that little leeway of some sort of big, because I don't really know who's their center right now. So, But then again, I just like Bynum's been out of him so long. We haven't seen him play. Is his knees healthy that he took this time off? We don't know. So, I mean, you can look good in. And you know, workout tapes like we like everyone's been saying. But also, like, have you learned from your mistakes? I mean, you kind of quit on Philly, which is a like just a really bad thing to do. I mean, that's yeah. one of the last things. I mean, you didn't even know he played on Indiana. That's the funniest. Like, because it's just the, he just his after that Dwight trade, his career just went super downhill quickly. Mm-hmm. It was like I don't know what happened. He was not excited about getting traded. I mean, if you really look at it. At that point of time, that's yeah, you got traded to Philly, who's not a good team, but they looked at you as a valuable trade piece. I mean, Dwight Howard at that moment, he wasn't the bum. I mean, Dwight's not a bum, but he wasn't the bad player that we kind of see him at now. Like, Dwight's coming out of, like, Superman Dwight, so it's like you're getting traded for right. a really good center. So you could you should have been happy. Like, yeah, you went to Philly, you're not on Lakers anymore, but to be happy, like, you know, they really thought I'm almost up to Dwight's level, like, that's a trade piece. I was at, but instead he went the wrong way, got into his head, kind of just quit on them, went to Indiana, didn't yeah. really do anything. Yeah, he got really immature, so maybe he's matured and all that stuff. But that's why, like, I, like, I want to go under just because his position, like, he's just a, like, a, he's a Greg Monroe. He's just those types of centers are just coming and go. Like, they're just this V coming obsolete. He doesn't really bring anything else to the table. Um, uh, hopefully he knows how to catch high, stay high with the ball. I used to love watching games with my buddy as a Lakers fan, and he used to always get so mad that Biden would catch the ball high, bring it low, and then go to shoot it. And it's just like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're seven two. Catch the ball high, stay high, dunk. Like just that. But you know, he might have like, learned how to ball so, type shit. Yeah. So the, 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 I want to go over just because I do see some teams, like I said, the Lakers and Golden State that might consider him just because they're just so thin at that position, and he might not be that bad. If you're only get, he's only signed the veterans men and for a one year. So it's not like you're right. really putting in that much that's so like, ooh, this is uh, 
you know, this could be a this could damage us later on. So I, I would consider it if he does well. I want to see him on five on five. Like when I when he works out officially with my team, you got. I want to see you in full game. Like I want to see exactly. how you're playing against kids that have been playing the game for five years now. I mean, you, had, you took off a break. I mean, so there's just a lot of things. So good for him that he's coming back. Hopefully, the more mature he's got, you know, his game could be better, and just because his head's better, his head's in a better spot. So right. we'll see. Yes. You know what's funny? If he hadn't fucking spurned Philly like he did, like Philly could use him. Like Philly could use like a guy to back up Joel Embiid. Yeah, and, and like w- you know, w- would have no problem giving the guy a one-year deal. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it could be wrong, but I, I think they have an open roster spot. Um, they might not. You hate have, Amir Johnson, um, don't you? I don't like. <laughs> I mean, he's he's just ineffective, man. Like he's old. He doesn't. He's, like, he's a backup center. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like, a, yeah, there's plenty. Career. Yeah, there's yeah, there's plenty of backup centers who are like, okay, like you know, I I would, I I agree with Joel. I I think I would give all the backup center minutes to Mike Muscala. I'd much rather have Mike Muscala out there than than Amir Johnson, just personally. Um, I think he's a much more effective player. Um, but no, I I I think uh, I think the biggest thing with Bynum is is going to be um what haunts so many of the centers nowadays, and you kind of alluded to it, Luke, is th- there's no chance that Bynum's going to be able to, to defend, uh, you know, point guards and shooting guards on switches. Like, there's no way. That guy, if you if you pull him up uh, like so many teams do nowadays, you set a pick and you get him switched onto any run of the – I'm not even talking like your Kyrie's and shit. I'm talking like – your fucking Etwan Moore's. Like you get him on a like you put Etwan Moore on him, Etwan Moore will tear his ass up like every fucking time. Um and like of course like I'm 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 trying to not act like I'm throwing shade at Etwan Moore. Very, very solid NBA player. I'm just saying like like obviously average. not a average <laughs> yeah, very average player, but a very like capable player. Um but he yes. like he would look like an all-star uh, if if they ran a, a a switch and put Bynum on it. Like there's like I I I think that is the biggest problem that I foresee with them. I I don't think it's nearly as much um, you know his offensive production because I think I mean he's he doesn't have like the best range or anything in his career, but he's. He's always been like a guy who could shoot. Like he, he always had that kind of mid-range game, like fourteen yep. to sixteen feet. Um, like I'm sure he's worked on like getting that range out, which is why he, you know, you know, threw out that video of him draining those, uh, you know, top of the key threes over and over again. Um, so yep. I'm sure, like I, I have no doubt in my mind that he could do that. My thing is like, you know, I don't feel like there's any way he could guard. Um, and then there's there's the health issue and everything else. I I just I think it's a long shot to to see him back in the NBA um, for you know pretty much all of the reasons we discussed. Uh, but anyway, um, it'll be interesting to see if if he does come back. I definitely feel I agree with y'all. I think it will be with the Lakers. They have the open roster spot since cutting Luol Deng. Um, they're they're you know they're thin at the position, um, but like. Here's my thing, like, I would probably just play Mo Wagner, man. 
Like, I mean, you know Mo Wagner can hit threes, uh, and, like, at least Mo Wagner's younger. Like, yeah, he's not, like, as athletic as Andrew Bynum, but, you know, he's probably faster because he's younger. So, and he, and he doesn't have 80-year-old knees. So, like, I don't know. I, I think I think I'd rather just do that if I was them. Um, or, you know what, fuck it. Let me just play LeBron James at center. Um, and see where that gets us. Like, you know, I mean, at the very least, I mean, at the very least, I mean, I feel like LeBron James could, you know, does anybody on this panel think LeBron James isn't capable of doing what Julius Randle did for them last year at the center position? No, not at all. I I don't want to see that. But, yeah, I, I don't doubt he could do it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. So like point center, that's what we need. Well, but I don't see. But that's the thing. I don't think it has to be point center. I mean, you got Lonzo, you got Rondo. I don't. I don't think you need him to be that. I think. I think if he like Julius Randle averaged what four four and a half assists last year, um, mm. per game. I think it might have gone down a little bit last year when they got Lonzo, um, but I think it was right around four because um, he was a really good passer. Like he's. Very effective yeah. passer. So I mean, if you plug if you plug LeBron James into that role, honestly, the more I thought about it, that like about the Lakers in general, I think that's probably their. I know we kicked around the whole idea of what what's their lineup going to be. Um, honestly, like I I kind of think that might be their lineup. I think they might like run Lonzo or Rondo, whoever at point guard, uh, Caldwell Pope or. Um, Hart at shooting guard, whoever. Um, and then you'll see Ingram and Kuzma at the four, uh, three and four. And then you'll see LeBron just running the five, just like Julius Randle did last year. Because they're basically the same fucking size. And LeBron can rebound just as effectively. He's an even better passer. He's an even better scorer and shooter. Um, he's probably equally as good, if not a, a better defender. Um, can definitely, like, defend uh, the switches. So, I don't know. I mean, there there's going to be times where you got to bring in JaVale McGee because, uh, you know, LeBron can't, you know, be guarding, you know, fucking you Stephen Adams, you know. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, for the most part, there's not that, that many, like, guys that LeBron can't physically match up with. Like, Stephen Adams would be, like, the rare, um, you know, the kind of rare occasion. Um, but, anyway, it's... it's Neither here nor there. Let's digress. Uh, Luau Deng uh, has found himself a team, and uh, none of us were surprised. Uh, he's going. He's going to sign a one-year vet minimum with, of course, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think every single one of us at one point or another said. Yeah, he's probably going to end up in Minnesota, and without fail, he does. Um, Joel, what what are your thoughts on Luol Deng signing with Minnesota? Uh, what do you expect to see from him this season? Um, and is there any concern in your mind that like Tom Thibodeau is just just bringing in all of his old players? Do you think that that has an effect on chemistry? Uh, on on like these younger players that are still there, and like Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, who are obviously like had some unrest last season and 
probably like a lot of that carried over um, in, into the off season, uh, and with Jimmy Butler's pending free agency, a lot, a lot of question marks with this team. Um, you know, do you think him kind of recreating, you know, his his glory day teams of the Chicago Bulls in the early 2000s uh, or, or early 2010s, rather? Um, like, do do you think that that might have an effect on uh, on this team in a negative way? Well, that's, a, that's a lot there to, to digest. <laughs> but uh, uh, my first uh, inclination when he signed with the Timberwolves was like, uh, duh, like who who did not see that coming, right? Um, but my other thought was very much, I I'm happy for him. Because I know he wanted to get minutes, and I think he will get minutes. I don't think apparently he's not promised any minutes. Uh, he's gonna probably have to earn those minutes, but I think he will. I think he will find minutes that um, Tibbs really likes him. Uh, he's always been a workhorse, and probably overworked him in Chicago. Um, but now he'll be able to not share. Probably. I think it's a good Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> but he also um, is a good veteran. I think we all think he's a good dude. So overall, yeah. it's not a bad get for your locker room. I don't think he, I think he'd be good for the locker room overall. A lot yeah. of the Chicago guys would. I mean, maybe not Jimmy. <laughs> I'm like, it could, who knows? I don't know how that locker room is, but maybe they're just they have a different mentality than the young guys that are there. And maybe that's what Tibbs wants. He wants these are the guys I want you to learn from. I want you to be more like them. And then they have, you know, there's a there's a conflict there because there's these young up and coming kids like a Wiggins that maybe they're just like. I don't want to work that hard, but that's maybe that's that'll that'll tell you weed it out, and eventually you can you know look to trade them or do whatever you want with them. Um, because um, at the very least, we've intrigued Jimmy to want to possibly uh, uh, stay a little bit longer, at least to the end of the season. So, so that's good. Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, good for Luol and good for Minnesota. I think it's a good uh, a good uh, addition to the team. Yeah, I mean, I've seen I, him playing forever, either. <laughs> so, I yeah, God, I mean, yeah, it's like I, I can't even really remember him playing for the Lakers, even though he was there. Yeah, barely, for, right? Like two seasons. Um, like, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, he, he, what he played one game last year, something like that, two games maybe. Yeah, um, barely, yeah. Then, yeah, and then like the season before that, like he started at the beginning of the season, and then just really tailed off. Um, you know, they were tanking at the end of that season. Um but uh but yeah, um yeah, I, I I it'll be interesting to actually see him play and to like see him play in this evolved NBA as like a ideally a stretch four if maybe maybe Tibbs doesn't seem like I mean maybe Tibbs is still like I'm gonna you're gonna be our backup small forward. Like um especially since I have Gibson and they have Tolliver. Um you know, mm-hmm. they they more ideally need a backup wing. Um, so is he going to be that? Mm-hmm. Like, is he going to back up Andrew Wiggins, basically? Um, and then, right. you know, eventually, is Tips going to get pissed at Andrew Wiggins and be like, I'm pinching you. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're, you're starting. Because <laughs> like, um, I can definitely see that happening, too. Um, but, uh, but anyway, uh, Luke, your thoughts on Dang uh, signing with the Timber pups, timber bulls, whatever you want to call them, uh, and, uh, you know, your thoughts on, you know, just your continued thoughts uh, on Tibbs and, 
all of his Tom Thibodeau-ness. <laughs> I mean, no, it's no surprise that Tibbs did this. I mean, you know, I I hate him so much. I think he just should <laughs> leave coaching. But then again, <laughs> it's not a bad signing. I kind of do want to say that because Luol Deng didn't just, like, the Lakers quit on Luol Deng. It's not like Luol Deng quit right. on the Lakers. The Lakers are just like, right. dude, we will pay you not to play, not even to show up. So it's just like he kind of just got thrown or like thrown to like the back curb, and he's like, okay, I mean, that's fine with me. I'll get paid. I mean, he didn't look – the last time I saw him play, I watched the, the world team versus Africa in the African game, and, I mean, he didn't look impressive, but he didn't look bad. I mean, he's a good veteran presence, and this could give you more depth on the bench what – the Timberwolves needed. I mean, maybe he won't be right. running. Tibbs won't be running his first unit into the ground like he did last year. You know, give some other people minutes. And I also think it too. It's going to help change. This might be the only good thing of it with the Tibbs signing that it could help change the culture. You know, because Butler kind of came in and he's been noticing that these guys just don't really care. And now you've got a lot of people that have been in this system that knows them, knows the tip system and all of that, and they really are, like, they practice and they go hard, so I think it might change, you know, you have two young rookies now, and you have four people that were on the old Bulls teams that have all played, so that's majority, so I think it might help sway, you know, practice, and people actually starting to care, and it might, you know, rub off on Andrew Wiggins to be like, maybe I should start caring a little bit more, I do have all this talent, I'm super athletic, but I just don't really care to use it, so it could benefit, it's just it's a typical tip signing. Um, I know I'd love it, and I know Joel and Jawan would love it if they, they just completed the saga and just somehow got Joe Kim Noah. I mean, just throw him in there mm-hmm. and just have the, have, have the 2013 Bulls <laughs> team. So. But uh, it's it's not a bad sign just because Thing does have a little bit left in his tank. I mean, he kind of showed me that in that game. I mean, he's playing against pros and all that in that, the African game, so – he could do it, and if you can give me at least, you know, somewhat of 16 minutes a game and not have to make me run my players into 46 minutes a game that I was doing, 42 to 46, that's fine with me. I mean, that's a win that could help Minnesota in the long run. Minnesota's one of those teams that they're basically in limbo right now. They're, they could be a good team or they can not be a good team and slip out of this playoff. So it's just like, what, are you, what do you guys want to do? And – you're supposed to, I don't, not necessarily a superstar, but the one guy that, oh yeah, I guess Butler is kind of almost a superstar, but you're trying to show him to stay. So I think it might help everything out and and benefit the Timberwolves, even though it's it's not an impressive signing like you got Luel Dang. Like, yeah. yeah. See, yeah, y'all are both being optimistic about this. I'm, I guess I'm just, uh, maybe it's just my, my, pessimistic nature um like i don't know man i i uh i think while i do agree with most of what y'all said i i just think like the fact that tibbs is just like i feel like he's stuck man he's stuck 15 years in the past and like you know or, or i guess more like 10 years in the past um and i don't know i i i don't I don't think it's necessarily going to be helpful um, for this team. I don't think it's necessarily what they need. Um, I'm kind of more buying into this notion that the Jimmy Butler trade was 
actually not a good trade for them. Um, and 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 not not that like I, any one of us wouldn't have pulled the trigger on that deal. I mean, the fact that especially the fact that they ended up getting the number sixteen pick in that 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 trade, like it, it seemed like a no brainer at the time. But you know, like maybe you would have been better off just keeping all that young talent and, and drafting the Laurie Markkinen or, you know, whoever you decided to take. Um, maybe you decided to take a point guard with that pick and you took Dennis Smith Jr. Um, and, and then you're, you know, you know, looking at a lineup with, with, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., maybe Trey Chris Dunn. There's a lot of various possibilities, obviously. But, like, I don't know. I It's... Um, yeah, it's 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 troublesome to me. I don't know. I I I think they should trade Jimmy Butler. I really do. As much as I like hate to say it, I think they should. I think they should trade him before. I, I don't think it's gonna happen because I don't think Tibbs will do it. Um, but either that or or make a trade to like really shake things up to make make Jimmy like happy and like want to stay. And I don't I don't I see that as a much harder possibility. Um, I will say this though. I, I thought about this one today. If um, if New Orleans gets off to like a really sour start, and you know they they start floating uh, '80s name out there, um, let me just throw this to y'all real quick. If you're Minnesota, not if you're New Orleans, but if you're Minnesota, would you give up both Wiggins and Towns? You know, obviously both being locked in for you know the next five years. Um, would you give up both of those guys for Anthony Davis and um, each one more to make the money work? Um, I'll throw it to you first, Joel. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, 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 what, I give up two of my starters, two key young starters for Anthony Davis? Oh, my God. You only got it for two years. Know. That guaranteed. But, like, maybe that's enough yeah. to keep Butler. And then if you keep Butler, then you could probably keep AD. I don't know. I mean, it's a gamble. Well, if, it's I'm, a gamble. if I'm New Orleans, I might as well just stay put. Honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't trade with. Well, no, 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 no. I'm not saying but if you're in New Orleans. I'm saying if you're Minnesota. I get that. Like, I get that. Uh, Minnesota, I might, I might pull the trigger because it is Anthony Davis, uh, no doubt. Uh, but it does take two to tango. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah, but you got, uh, you got, Davis. yeah, you got him and Butler. That's like a, that's a fucking. Yeah, I know, but I mean that'll definitely. Uh, if I'm Butler, that'll definitely sway me. <laughs> That's for sure. So I, I would definitely do it if I was Mini. I would. I really would. Cause it, I I would. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I'd do it if I was New Orleans. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd do it if I was New Orleans either. The biggest thing with New Orleans is you get that that stability. You know, you got both players yeah. locked in for five years, um, and then you know you still got Drew Holiday locked in long term. Um, and then, you know, you can pretty much decide, you know, you can play out the year and say, we, we yeah. can see how Randall plays next to Cat. We can see how Miritich plays next to Cat. Yeah. See which one we want to, like, really sure. invest in. Yeah, you know, I mean, they'd still, they'd still have kind of a hole at point guard. I mean, we'll see what Alfred Payton, you know, does. But, um, yeah. I but, like him. Uh, so bad. I, 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 I like him too. I, 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 think, um, I think he could be – one of those guys, like not like Victor Oladipo in the sense that he'll have like that kind of breakout year, but I think he could be like mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo in the sense that, you know, it just took him three, four, five years to like really like 
kind of you know, grasp, grasp the reins, yeah, um, on the NBA game. Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's, he's really, like, he's a damn good player. Like, he's a, he's a fringe starter, um, but I think mm-hmm. he could be, like, I think he could end up being like a like a legit top twenty point guard, um, mm-hmm. like like hovering right around number twenty, obviously. Um, but I mean, right. I think he's got that that you know um, he's got that capability. Uh, but Luke, same question to you. Like, if you're if you're Minnesota, would you give up the you know long term stability um, of Wiggins and and Carl Anthony Towns, given all the turmoil that's happened? Um, you know, for uh, each one more, um, and uh, of course the the blue chip Anthony Davis. I want to say no, but like I, I want like, if I'm if I'm Timberwolves, I want to get rid of Andrew Wiggins at all like means possible. That's just me and at being Minnesota, they might like him, but I just the only reason I want to say no is like yes, Anthony Davis is better than Carl Anthony Towns. Don't get me wrong, but I'm but, not giving up on Cat just like that. Like, Carl Anthony right. Towns is really good. Like, he's still very young. They both are still very young. But Anthony Davis, too, not saying, like, his injuries are, like, looming, in, but he has run into a lot of injuries. I mean, yes. Cat's a lot younger than him. He hasn't run into any injuries. And Cat has never actually, missed a game. Yeah, and he was very efficient two years ago. I think, like you're saying, this Jimmy Butler trade was just, like, maybe in the end it wasn't good because it might have not fit well with Carl Anthony Towns, too. I mean, yep. his numbers did dip, but I mean, going into last season, dude, everyone was high, high hopes on Carl Anthony Towns. I, I was. Mean, he still finished an all-NBA team, but I mean, oh, I, still I love remember him. everyone. Even in, like, the fantasy, I still love him, too. I mean, I just, that's the reason I would just say no, just because I, I don't want to give up on Carl Anthony Towns like that. Andrew Wiggins, yeah, yeah I could give up on you on yesterday, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would trade you for anything. Honestly, <laughs> unless unless you turn it around, I mean, I think he's still young that he can figure it out, and he's got it offensively. I just think he doesn't understand how athletically gifted he is, and if he just puts his mind to it, he can be really good. He kind of almost just like coast out there, and then when he kind of like yeah. you know you see the the good things out of Wiggins, it's like it's on the offensive end when he gets all excited and he's going on these runs, and it's like you see his potential, but it's just like. Dude, if you could just do this for a full game, this could be different. So, I don't know. Like, yeah, you're getting Anthony Davis in, and, and you would have Jimmy Butler, and I think Butler would stay. But I just – I want to do it just because I do have these two young guys for at least five more years. Yeah, see, here's my thing. Like, uh, I, I – God, I would be – I I would be so tempted to do it, but I would probably like just given my my mindset and like how I go about like thinking about um, constructing teams and things. Um, I would be more apt to trade Jimmy Butler, um, like to try and get younger pieces um, to try and fit around the two guys, the two young pieces that I have that I know are going to be there for five years. Um, whereas you know it's ultimately the big risk is that the one see here's the one thing that would be beneficial as far as making that deal um if you were able to make it and let's just say for whatever reason that's the deal New Orleans wanted to make um which you know I think ultimately like it, obviously I think you would you would have to 
find a scenario in which both Boston and L.A. decided we're not going to outbid that, which I would find highly um, unlikely. But nevertheless, um, in that, you know, rare situation, um, you know, I, I feel like even if that happened and Butler walked, like you would still have Anthony Davis for a year where you could still trade him uh, and, and you would still be able to recoup a lot of value. Like, so um, that would, that uh, that would be like your, your parachute, uh, if you will, to that whole, um, that whole ordeal. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, it's a tricky situation. Like when I came up with it, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'd do it if I was in New Orleans either. Like, uh, like it's, It'd be really hard to pass up, like get, getting Carl Anthony Towns for five years because of how young he is and how effective he is. And then, like, I don't know. I think you give Wiggins a change of scenery. You pair him with like a Drew Holiday, who um, is a very kind of similar player to Jimmy Butler, but maybe has a slightly more positive attitude um, and, mm-hmm. and probably like a little less demanding uh, as far as like on the court presence. Um, and, and just honestly, just not quite as good as Jimmy Butler. So, like, you know, basically can't be as demanding as Jimmy Butler. Um, like, I don't know. I think I think there's a, a lot of factors there. I think it would be very interesting. Um, and this is where I will cue Joel uh, to say, uh, what do I need to buy, Joel? What do I need to get into? <laughs> you need to get into 2K. To make this work. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and that's the moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, anyway, um, let's uh, let's move on. Speaking of Anthony Davis, uh, he fired his agent, and he has now signed with Clutch Sports, of course, Maverick Carter, uh, LeBron James, his friend, his uh, his. Um, no, wait, it's not Maverick Carter. It's the other one. Who's the other guy, Luke? It's not Rich Paul. Ooh. Rich Paul is um yeah yeah it's Rich Paul isn't it? Rich, Rich Paul's Paul is the agent. Uh, I thought Rich Paul is KD's agent. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, I don't it's know basically either. LeBron James's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's LeBron it's, James's it's, agency. Yeah, well, it's not technically LeBron James's agency because he can't have an agency while he is a, a, an active NBA player. But for all intents and purposes, it's LeBron James's agency. Um, so uh, let's let's run rampant with the speculation. Uh, does this mean anything as far as Anthony Davis's future and? Potentially ending up with the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm going to throw it to you first, Luke. No, it does not at all to me. Um, <laughs> Your boy think, Bill Simmons thinks so. I mean, it's going to have to be until his contract's not up until 2021. So unless you're mm-hmm. trading for him, you're throwing him the world. No, it doesn't uh, really matter if he signs with a free agent. If he, I think he has a player option. Right? The player option is 2021. So it's 2020. But, I mean, it's right. a $28 million player option going to 21. So, I'm just trying to say, right now, the the free agent – I mean, not the free agent. Signing a new agent doesn't really matter that much. I mean, unless the Lakers, you know, are instantly going to make this trade. I mean, I just think, you know, he I, – I don't know who his, uh, who his last agent was. But, I mean, if you look at the contracts, you know, that this summer that, that agency got for their players, I mean, they got KCP money. 
And I didn't think KCP was getting any money. I know it's the whole you got you, you got to do good LeBron and that whole. But like they they actually did really well for their the people that they represent. So it's not mm-hmm. like it's a bad agency. So you know that's a positive thing. I don't see them necessarily. This is an automatic go. Like oh, you know he could go to Lakers because I mean any team would have to trade for him at this point in time. So an agent, no agent. I mean, will this agent convince him? to start, like, after, you know, give New Orleans this year, maybe half year, and then, you know, this agent will start to be like, you, why don't we start to re-engage trade talks? So that could be a big thing, you know, maybe Anthony Davidson like that, that his agent was almost content with staying with New Orleans and saw the money, the longevity, and just like, hey, you know, let's get out this contract. In 2019, he's up for the Supermax, extent, Supermax extension, which he can yeah. get $230 million. So that could be like, you know, his, his, his old agent was just like, listen, why don't we just stay in New Orleans while, you know, it could be like, you know, I want a new agent that might put different things in my mind, like give New Orleans another chance, but, you know, how long can I give them in my prime youthful stages until there's other teams? I mean, like you're saying, any team would trade for Anthony Davis, like any team. Mm-hmm. But the two big teams that are going to trade the world for Anthony Davis are the Lakers or the Celtics. Now, who's going to yes. outbid themselves? I don't know, but that's the thing. Is like you, right now, this new agent signing. I don't think it's a big key. Like, oh, is he going to go to the Lakers and all of that or what? But I think it's just it might help the chances of he could get traded and not uh, like live out these New Orleans days. Even though he's he said back that he wants to stay in New Orleans and all that and yada yada yada. But that could just be you know him showing saving saving face and all that. And what his agent wants to say, and you know maybe he wants a new agent to kind of put some things in his head and be like. You know, New Orleans has been wasting you, man. You could be doing this with the Lakers or LeBron, or you could be doing this with Boston, or you'd be doing this with any other team that is actually can compete right now while you're in these. Because, I mean, Biggs, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to stay healthy, and he's definitely ran into some injuries. I mean, not big affecting long-term injuries, but he's definitely had his leg injuries. So you want to try to win fairly soon. I mean, you're already, you're already getting paid, so. I don't think it's writing on the wall, but I do think it it, it it could lead to trade rumors getting up brought up by his agency middle of the year that he's not happy with this situation. Yeah, I mean, well, and a lot of that is probably going to be um, basically, you know, based on how New Orleans does this season. Because if New Orleans is really good this year and kind of surprises everybody and is, you know, competing for a home playoff seed. Like, I don't think we're going to hear much of that chitter-chatter. But if they're a fringe playoff team, which I feel like most of us kind of expect them to be in that sort of range, then, yeah, you're probably going to hear a little bit of that um, just simply because that's the nature of the beast. That's what happens. Um, we, we, we hear it all the time about Kimball Walker, uh, we hear it all the time about, you know, the the um, the big two in Portland, whether it be Dame Lillard or C.J. McCollum. Uh, you know, I mean, that's just the way it is. So, you know, and, and not as far as um, the teams speculating, uh, as far as speculating the teams will trade these guys, but as far as, like, speculating that these guys will walk into the office one day and be like, yo, this ain't working, like, trade me. Um, so, I mean, we, we – hear reports about things like that all the time and about how, you know, uh, these players, you know, 
maybe on the fringe of doing something like that. Uh, and, and Anthony Davis is no different. Um, but no, I mean, I, I ultimately agree with you. I mean, I think, honestly, the biggest thing is this, is um, like you said, he, he's, he's not a free agent next season. He's a, he can be a free agent the year after. Um, and the Lakers are gung-ho as far as, you know, trying to sign a max free agent next season. Now, they could surprise everybody and sign a bunch of one-year deals again. Um, now, granted, they they would have to uh, – Brandon Ingram uh, would be on an expiring contract at that point, so his, his cap hold would have to come into play. Um, but I don't think that would be enough to um, prohibit them from signing a max free agent the following season. Um, so, you know, there there is that possibility that they could punt again next season in hopes that they could land Anthony Davis the following year. Um, that's certainly a possibility. But how long do you want to kick the can down the road when LeBron James is 33, 34, 35, 36 years old? Um, I mean, that's that's a big question. Like, if you if you got a big name that you can go get next season, you get that name, right? So, you know, maybe that makes a difference. Um and you know if they go and get that big name next season, they can't. They're done. They can't. They don't have the room to sign him the following year. So you're absolutely right, Luke. Like he's not a pending free agent. So um, ultimately, it comes down to uh, would the Lakers trade for him? And if the Lakers did trade for him, that would prohibit them from having max cap space next season. They could not sign a max player next season. There's literally no way that they can trade. Uh, anybody on their team short of LeBron James, who, of course, they are not trading, um, and, you know, acquire Anthony Davis and still have max cap space next season. They could have close to it, but not quite max cap space. So it begs the question, if you're the Lakers, are you willing to give up, let's say, Lonzo Ingram uh, and a first-round pick and, you know, maybe a, a Mo Wagner um, and maybe throw in like a Josh Hart or something. Like, actually, I wouldn't. I, that's where I draw the line. I'd be like, nah, I ain't throwing Josh Hart. Um, but like, are you willing to do that and not be able to sign a max free agent next season? I don't think I am if I'm the Lakers. The, and, and the biggest reason why is it, it affects me being able to sign a max free agent next year. If I if I could acquire Anthony Davis for my young talent and sign a max free agent next year, sure. Like, fucking sign me up if I could be like, I got LeBron, I got AD, like, max free agent, like, like come on. Like, we we are going to put you on this team, and then, you know, like Kawhi Leonard, we're going to have, you know, the three of y'all, and we'll figure everything else out. Like, yes, 100%, like, great. Like, you know, that, that'll be just fine. But, like, you won't have that capability if you trade for AD. Now, Boston – is obviously in a much more actionable position because they already have their team. They're not really worried about signing somebody next year. Um, But the question with Boston is, are they willing to give up Jason Tatum? Because that's what it's going to cost you to get Anthony Davis. You have to include Jason Tatum. There's no way that New Orleans makes a deal that doesn't involve Jason Tatum. In fact, I would say it would have to involve Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier and then parts to make the money work. Um, from there, um, and probably the Memphis pick as well. Um, and if, I don't know if, if I'm Boston. It's like I don't have the cap space to do it um, to like sign him eventually. 
So, like, maybe I'm willing to give up a little more, but I'm also, like, not going to give up everything to get him. Uh, so, I don't know. It'll be really tricky. It'll be really tricky uh, to if if he hits the market to see what teams will offer. Um, but, Joel, what are your thoughts on Davis uh, signing with uh, Clutch Sports? And um, do you kind of see it like me and Luke that, you know, it'll possibly have some effect on him um, you know, landing with a different team, but ultimately, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a, a precursor that he is LA bound. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly how I feel. I, I don't feel like it's a precursor that, or it's a definite that he's out now because he's signing with a new team no, I, or a new agent. I, I don't believe that at all. Um, and I've been. Where's, you know where's, how I feel where's about, Chawan? You know, where's our conspiracy theorist when we need him? <laughs> I you know, know Jawal right? will be <laughs> like, I guarantee it. He will be a Los yeah. Angeles Laker before the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, well, he's all about net. No one is not keeping anybody at this point. Um, that is true. I, I am. Um, that's my thing, though. I don't want to see him leave New Orleans. I, I want them oh, to I end up keeping Anthony Davis. You know, I I don't like. I don't necessarily need that. I, I don't mind. I, I, we need balance. <laughs> we can't have everybody going to this funneling into these other teams like that. I, just, I don't like that. Yeah, but, um, okay, I get that. But, like, my thing is this, is, like, as long as it's not, like, a steal, like I said, if if the Celtics had to give up Tatum, and let's say, okay, let's just say, like, like here's, here's, here's the basic of a deal. Like, Rozier, Tatum, Horford for um, – Essentially, uh, Agencia would be thrown in to make the money work, but essentially mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Davis and each one more. Like, like, you're giving up Tatum, you're giving up Rozier, and you're giving up Horford, all very valuable starting caliber players uh, to get Anthony Davis. Like, you know, like – as long as it's something like that, I just don't want to see. I don't want to see a deal that's like last minute. You know, them hold on to him way too long, and then they're giving him up for fucking nothing. Like, if a like, team gets no, him, I don't, I don't want, want to see. see yeah, I don't want to see him want, get robbed. Yeah. But, Fair but like, value. if they can, yeah, so if, if they can do. get value, <laughs> like, like, or with the Lakers, like, like I said, if you can get Lonzo and Ingram and. You know, maybe a couple other little pieces. Like, that ain't bad. Like, if I mean, if you got a team of like Lonzo, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Nikola Mirotic, Julius Randall, like, this is a very good starting five. Um, so you know, like, I don't know. Like, I I, I would make the Boston trade because I think Jason Tatum is the best player, best young player in the league out of anybody, any of the any teams that would be interested in giving up really good young players. Um, I think he's the one that holds the most value. Um, short of maybe Markel Fultz, it just it just depends. Like we're gonna have to, there's, a, there's a lot of unanswered questions with Markel Fultz. Like if if you're betting, like you would obviously bet on Jason Tatum way ahead of Markel Fultz. Um, but uh, but no, I mean I, I get what you're saying though. Like don't want him to get fleeced. Um, and and you know we all know you love parity, so like. Having him in New Orleans <laughs> leading a team like that, like, and I don't mean yeah, it. I don't mean it like in a derogatory you know? manner. Like, I, I kind of said it like that. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I, I just, but I do. I do like seeing uh, like 
cities that don't normally get a shot at, at that 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 stage to get the shot. Like, when's the next time we're going to see New Orleans get that shot again after this? If they lose right. the game, that's why that trade has to be something big. That's why I was very great. You've had the best center and the best power forward in the league on your same team. You got you can't just give them away. It has to be something right. worth it. They weren't going to get shit for DeMarcus Cousins. I'm telling you. No, um, nobody wanted to give up shit for him. Exactly. So that's what I mean. Like, uh, and it's it's just I I I I like him there. If he leaves at some point, I hope it is it is in a trade so they can get something of value back. Uh, I don't want him to just leave him walking free agency. That would really suck for them. <laughs> like, if it is at some yeah. point, hopefully it's a trade. And hopefully it's like give them at least the, the next year or two to to do something. If not, then you definitely have to look at you know in a different direction at some point. I wouldn't blame him at that point. You know. Uh, if he wants to look in that direction, hey, it's time to move on. It, it always comes down to that. At some point, you have to move on. But there's so many good players. You can't have all on the same team. That's, that's why there is parity. The bad teams get good players. They stay there for a while, and hopefully the team gets better. If not, they move on. That's just how it works. That's just how it works. You know, you can't just have this good player move to another good team. It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Um, that's why this, every team has their own players. You know, I love my guys some more than others. Um, it's, it's just how that works in, in, in basketball. But I love Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, after last year, has moved up into my favorite player in the league. So I'm behind whatever decision he he makes at this point. Um, and I definitely would not want to see him join either Boston or L.A. because I hate them both. So at that point, <laughs> I just would anywhere but there would be fine with me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I mean, I feel you there. I mean, I would see. I would really like to see him on either team, honestly. Just, just because I would like to see him in a winning culture, and I would like to see him either get to play with Kyrie or get to play with LeBron. Like either one, I think would be a hell of a lot of fucking fun to watch. Um, I'd probably it, just as a, a un like unbiased uh, observer, I'd probably rather see him play with like the the twilight years of LeBron's prime. Like, I, I just think that would be so much fun to see the two of them play together. Um, but ultimately, like, I think Boston could put the best trade package together and still be super competitive because um, they, they wouldn't have to give up Kyrie. They wouldn't have to give up uh, – I don't think they'd have to give up Brown. I don't think they'd, they wouldn't have to give up Hayward, Marcus Morris. So if you keep those four guys and you plug out, um, I'm sorry, Al Forford, you got to give him up uh, just to make the money work. Um, right. But if you if you plug uh, if you plug AD into that equation, and then you still you know keep Marcus Smart, um, maybe you, like you acquire Etwan Moore in the trade, um, and then you know you still have Daniel Tice, uh, you still have um, Aaron Baines, like. That's that's a team that could fucking give the the Warriors a run for their fucking money. Like they already, mm-hmm. I see. I think they already can give the Warriors a run for their money. But that's a team I might even have to put money down to beat the Warriors. Like especially, it, it would really. Here's the thing: it really is going to depend on Cousins. Like if Cousins like comes back and he's like a fucking beast, it's like all right, well, shit. <laughs> you know, like that's that's the wild card. But like, I mean. Achilles tear for a dude that big, like I ain't bet. I'm I'm betting that he ain't gonna be. Like, I hate to say it, but I'm betting that at least this season he ain't gonna be any any good. 
Um, he ain't going to be able to really play. Mm-hmm. He ain't going to really be able to contribute. Honestly, I still condemn that the signing of DeMarcus Cousins was more um, a proactive move uh, by the Warriors to try and scoop him up so nobody else got him, um, more so than anything else. Yes, exactly. It's like like the biggest troll job ever. Uh, But Mm -hmm. nevertheless, uh, Luke, really quickly before we move on, I I would like to ask you, what are your thoughts on my speculative uh, Boston trade? Um, I'm assuming – I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that you would say no because Boston would be giving up too much, but maybe you'll surprise me. No, a hard no. No, hard no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not giving up Jason Tatum. I'm sorry, it's Anthony Davis. I'm not giving up Jason Tatum. And honestly, I think we could do it without giving up Jason Tatum. I know you're saying that we would need to, but honestly, we got so many first round picks. We could woo them with way more for. Because if we're okay, if we're giving you Jason Tatum, you're only getting no. that Memphis first round pick. That's it. Yeah, you're but, get out but here's the that. thing. But if you get yeah, Jalen Brown, Marcus, just hear this out. Just hear this out real quick. If you okay. get Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and we'll give you Marcus Morris who's making money, but we're also going to give you we're going to give you Sacramento's first round pick. We're going to give you Memphis's first round pick, and you can choose the better between Clippers and our pick of a first round pick. So now you have three first round picks, and if you're New Orleans, you're not trying to kind of compete, you want to go in and rebuild, I'm thinking I might consider, yes, it's Jason Tatum and all that, but that trade might be better just because I'm getting three first-round picks right now. And, and Brown's really a good young player. Smart yeah, is really going to be, you know, he could run your second unit with Drew Holiday if you play him out there. So I, I, it's not like you're still I getting captured in the deal. <laughs> You're not getting a Jason Tatum, but you're going to get way more first-round picks out of the deal. And I think that's what, luckily, Boston has to their advantage that we could have for four first-round picks next year if things shake out our way. And that can woo a lot of teams more than, you know, players. Because, I mean, if you're trading Anthony Davis, you're going into almost rebuild. I mean, that's what New Orleans mindset has. Well, definitely going into rebuild. See, I don't know. I mean, I don't think you necessarily have to. It depends on what the offers are coming back. But I get what you're saying. Honestly, as a G- if I was a GM, I would actually probably maybe like that trade a little more. Um, but here's the thing. If you're Boston, so you're keeping Horford, you're keeping Rozier, who you have to re-sign next year, you're going to have a payroll that is insane. Like you are going to have the probably the highest payroll in the NBA next year. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I'm the owner of the Boston Celtics, I'm like I don't care because I'm sitting there Ben Davis. We're going to win a championship, and I'm keeping Jason Tatum. I don't give a fuck. Um, but it's it's a lot easier to say from our perspective than from the actual owner's perspective um, that like that's what they would do. Like so, that's kind of. I don't know. That's kind of more of what I had in mind. But yeah, I mean, if, if, and that's the thing. If you were, if you're in New Orleans and you don't have to take on Horford's contract, which like Al Horford's great, and he would be essentially he would only have one more year in his deal. Um, but that one more year would be like thirty-one, thirty-two million dollars. Um, so if if you could avoid that, you could take on Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris is an expiring deal. Um, you don't, you don't really need Marcus Morris, but at the same time, like it, it would make the money work. I'd rather have Baines, honestly, probably, um, just to get a center. 
um, and they're, they make about the same amount of money. That would probably work out better for Boston, too, because Marcus Morris can probably play next to him better. But anyway, one of those two guys. Um, and Marcus Smart, who, you know, um, I don't know. I, I have this thing about Marcus Smart. I, I really like Marcus Smart, but I think Marcus Smart is really good because he plays in Boston. Um, like, on paper and, and in hypothetical speech, like, he would be great next to Drew Holiday. Um, they, I mean, defensively, they would be fucking fantastic. Um, but I don't know. There's something about it I don't, I don't really like. I, maybe because neither one of them really is a go-to uh, distributor. They both kind of like to play off ball. Um, whereas I think, like, maybe Rozier would, would fit a little better in that sense, and he's also, like, pretty good defensively um, and just has better starting quality. Um, but, like like you said, if, you, if if I'm not only getting the Memphis pick, but I'm also getting Sacramento and maybe the Clippers pick, I, it's something to consider. I don't know. I think ultimately I would still be like, I want Tatum because Tatum is just, he's going to be a superstar. <clears throat> and that's the thing. If I'm giving up a superstar, I want a guy who I like am fairly confident is going to be a superstar. And as good as Jalen Brown is, and as much as I love him, uh, he's not a superstar. He's Jimmy Butler light. Um, whereas Jason Tatum is just, his ceiling is so fucking high. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, but I, I think I will say this to our viewers. I think the point that both Luke and I are illustrating with each of these trade proposals is the Celtics have the most um, assets at their disposal if an Anthony Davis trade goes down. So clutch sports or no clutch sports um, doesn't fucking matter. If Anthony Davis hits the market, the Celtics are probably going to get him. Um, like, that's, that's just the way it is. Uh, the only reason the Celtics won't get him is essentially if they decide they don't want him uh, because, to me, that's the only thing that could prevent them from doing it. There is some version of some trade that Danny Ainge could work out to where he would be comfortable giving up whatever he gave up to get Anthony Davis, uh, and it would be better than anything L.A. could offer, and there is no other team on the radar who could offer anything better than those two teams. So uh, long story short, um, when Anthony Davis hits the trade market, uh, he's going to be a Boston Celtic. Sorry, Joel. That's just the way it is, man. Just the, the writing on the wall. I just call it like you see it. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's uh, let's jump. Let's get one more topic in. Um, Joel, I'm going to let you decide what's our last topic. Do you want to talk about Anthony Davis and Julius Randle pairing up? Do you want to talk about Ennis Cantor praising K- KD? Or do you want to talk about Damian Lillard uh, trolling the media? Let's talk about Cantor real quick. All right. All right. Surprise, surprise there. I gotta talk. Well, I'm done talking about. Anthony. I would have. I would have minded talking about Anthony Davis, but we spent like another 20 minutes doing that. So I'll be talking <laughs> we did. Talking more about him. Um, <laughs> we did. We did. Expected. <laughs> All right. Um, fair enough. Well, Canada. let me. Let me get. Are you gonna give the run in? No. Go ahead. You give it. Oh, right. well, that's right. We didn't even explain what the hell he did. If you, if you want to explain it, you can explain it. All right, all right. So basically, he 
recently gave some praise to KD in what I would call an obvious attempt to draw him to the Knicks next offseason. He's been kind of one of the most outspoken critics against Durant since his departure from OKC. Um, Like, basically talking shit about him. He even released a video um, basically, like, you know, when he got traded to New York saying, like, I understand, no hard feelings, just go beat Golden State, um, you know, and all that jazz. Um, but uh, anyway, what are your thoughts on this kind of pivot uh, in him? Uh, <laughs> uh, you like that? You like that Ralph reference? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, no, not really? Okay, well. No, no, I like um, Ralph reference. I got it. All right. All right, cool. Um, but yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on, on Cantor? Basically, um, kind of pulling a 180 here, and uh, you know, basically, um, you know, metaphorically stroking KD. <laughs> First of all, Ennis, you gotta like slow down a little bit. You're, you're trying too hard now. You know, on the court mm-hmm. you're always trying to fight everybody, but on the off season you want to be everybody's buddy just to try to learn men. But no, don't do that, man. Don't do that. <laughs> You can't do that. You got to keep that hard, hard body exterior. I mean, even in the off season, I don't want to hear that bullshit. I know you want to try to lure people in, lure the right people in. Okay, look, Katie is not a bad choice, obviously. Um, but I don't, I don't like that sucking up the players thing. I just never have anybody. I'm just not a big fan of that ever. He did it. I know he did it with LeBron too. I thought it was pretty funny because she treated it more as a joke anyway. But still, I right. That time it it seemed more of a joke, right? Like I saw it that way too. Like you really want to be the king of New York? Well, then come to New York. Like I I felt like he was kind of trolling what LeBron was saying because that's what he does to LeBron. This doesn't seem like that though. Right, it doesn't, and that's why it bothered me a little bit. Because look, I I have mixed feelings about Kevin Durant right now. I wouldn't be upset at all if he showed up, but at the same time. I'm a little bit upset. I'm not a fan of his right now, so I just kind of don't want to be like an ally to him. So I, I'm not trying to alert anybody here that did what he did. So it's like I don't know if you have that. That I don't know. I just something about it. I just I'm still bitter about that shit. So I kind of want to beat you. I don't want to be with you type of thing. But if he wants to come, I'm not gonna tell him no. But at the same time, I ain't gonna go out there and try to like. Recruit the motherfucker too, and, and just <laughs> relax. And it's like, like I, I love Ennis; he's great. But Jesus, sometimes you just gotta keep shush, shush, shush. Training, you're doing <laughs> well, good out there. You look good out there. And the funny thing is, is like, if like in order to make max cap space next season for a guy like Kevin Durant, they have to let Ennis Cantor go. <laughs> so what are right. you, what are you doing, Ennis? He's like, like I- you, He's like, I'm going to sign for the vet minimum. Just let it out. Let's see, do it. <laughs> nah, you, you know what I think it is? I think, no, nah, it, it, he don't want the vet minimum. He, want, he wants oh, no. KD to sign there so, okay, she can go win a championship. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's still got those ties to OKC, man. He's like, man, That's if he true. leaves Golden State, like, OKC must finally win. Like, hey, and he's right. Like, it's true. That, that would it's certainly true. Help, have a help their odds. At the very least. Yes, yeah. it would help their odds yeah. tremendously. Uh, but anyway, um, Luke, what are your thoughts on uh, Cantor? Uh, basically, like, you know, praising KD and, and you know, I guess whatever attempt uh, you might think it is, but basically saying he would like to see him play for the Knicks. 
I mean, I think he plays them in a good way, but he also got to, like, people got to remember, Ennis Kanter played with Kevin Durant at Oklahoma City. He did. It's not like with LeBron, mm-hmm. they never played together, and so he's all that, that, like, you know, is he trolling him? Is he not trolling him? Is he really wanting him to come? And, like, they kind of played together, so it's not like, you know, he just doesn't know who Kevin Durant is. And I've always kind of felt like, I mean, I know you, Joel, and Juwan are fixated on you guys are going to get Curry, but I do think that your best, you might get Kevin Durant over everyone else. I just think just a lot of things point to it. Um, so uh, Rich Paul isn't his agent. It's actually Rock Nation, which, I mean, come on. Uh, Rich uh, Kleinen is definitely a Knicks fan. So I think he could go to the Knicks. Now, the money thing is funny because, yeah, you're right. He, they would definitely probably have to get rid of Ennis Kanter unless they did some Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway fleecing on some team. But I, I don't see them doing that. But – Sacramento. I do think Kevin Kevin Durant might end up on the Knicks, and I think it would be fun. I mean, he could really read, like, I know you you had that bad taste to all, like, what he did, but I think he could really reamp a a franchise that hasn't been there in so long. And there's only three people that can switch to any team and make a team compete instantly, and that's – LeBron James, I, I don't even know three. I think it's just two now. It's just LeBron James and Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant can hop mm-hmm. on that team. You slide Kristoff to the five, and he plays the three. And um, the guy you just uh, – Kevin Knox is at the fourth. I mean, that's solid. I mean, you're going to have to figure out a point guard, but that's a really solid in the Thank East. That's a solid three team. right there. So, I I do think it. I mean, Ennis cares giving a praise, just, you know, I mean, it, why not? I mean, no one else is trying to woo him on the Knicks. I haven't seen anyone on the Knicks. I mean, Kristoff, I mean, he's doing his own thing right now, but, I mean, has anyone ever been really vocal? When When's the last time, Joel, you guys have had a vocal player trying to recruit people? I don't think I've ever really I don't like seen it. it. I mean, I don't like vocal recruiting. I know it's not the, the, the norm, in it, but it's kind of been the way of the NBA the last four years is you try to get your players to – Hopefully recruit. I mean, I wasn't a big fan when Isaiah Thomas always used to do it, but I still like that Isaiah was literally trying to recruit anyone and everyone, and I was always down. I was like, thank you for trying to get, you know, the Celtics better and all that and try to recruit these people. So that is a good thing that at least someone on the Knicks is like, hey, you know, we are we could be a good organization. Come over here, revamp New York. You're playing – I mean, you guys always say it. I mean, it's the Mecca, so why not try to get – that team relevant again. I mean, when are they? The last time the competed was in the '90s and all that, in the late '90s. Does uh, I do think Kevin Durant might actually end up in the Knicks over any free agent next year, in my opinion. Uh, that's, uh, by the way, competed long term. Okay. Competed long term. They had that one year <laughs> in the 2000s. Yeah, uh, yeah they did. God, I just yeah, just answer that for you, Joel. I don't, didn't want you to to get. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. It was uh, we had a nice run that one year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did um, have three years in no, a row we were in the playoffs though. We did. Yeah. We, yeah. Were we were there. But no, I get I get what you're saying, Luke. Um I just my thing is like is Cantor that guy that you would want to be doing that? And my other last point, we're gonna have to wrap it up here. Um, but honestly, like when like the whole recruiting thing it works better behind the scenes, like when you can actually talk yeah. to the guy. Like, like none of that whole recruiting KD to Golden State happened 
They in the yeah, public in eye, public. like it all happened no, behind the scenes, and then he ended up there, and then mm-hmm. we heard about it. You know, so it's like, is this even going to be effective? I don't know. I doubt it. Um, it, or at the very right. least, this ain't gonna be what makes KD like take that, you know, that second look at, at New York or whatever. Um, I I just don't see it having you know any significance. So ultimately, I gotta say I agree with you on that, Joel. Like, Cantor, just 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 chill out. Like, go chill out with Jason Concepcion uh, on on NBA desktop, mm-hmm. and you know, like um, <laughs> like. Go on about how you how you don't curse and uh, you know to keep up with your trash talking because that's awesome because we love that it's a lot of fun. Uh, but anyway, yeah, let's follow Fun show, it. guys. This was a uh, this was yeah. a very fun show. I had a I had a great time. I'm glad we uh, we got to do it uh, this week um, and I got to get it in before my trip. And thanks, Luke, by the way, joining us on his vacation in Boston. Brup, brup, that's right, trout, man. That's hey, awesome. appreciate y'all having me again. It's been a while. I need to get back on it. I need. I love talking basketball, and I miss it too much. Indeed, sir. Indeed, All right, join us next week. We'll be on at some point. Geek Vibes Live this Sunday. Until then, peace. Peace, peace out, y'all.